We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Good morning, friends. Welcome to Moneyball Minute. My name is Kirk Henderson, and I'm editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. You are joining me on Friday, May 20th. It's early in the morning, and guys, i got to be honest with you, I've been sort of scouring the internet for coverage, for things that I might find uh, interesting enough to pass along to you about the Dallas Mavericks uh, series opening loss to the Golden State Warriors. And i got to be honest, I feel like Josh Bow hit the nail on the head early last night. Uh, he wrote a column called The Mavericks Missed Shots snowballed into a lopsided defeat in game one against the Warriors that if you haven't read, I recommend you check it out. It's in the show notes. Josh sort of broke down, you know, with some film to back it, what he and I talked about in our postseason podcast, where the first quarter was pretty good process for the Mavericks. The Warriors threw everything under the sun at Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. The Mavericks got good looks. The offense rebounded pretty well, and they didn't capitalize. Uh, and then things just proceeded to slowly grind down. Um, the the defining plays to start the the third quarter where Luka Doncic had a pair of turnovers, you know, funneled into really tough defense, um, were kind of emblematic of the problems the Mavericks are going to face. the The path forward for the Mavericks is just really narrow. I don't want to be, you know. Um, too you know despondent because they could come back and win later on tonight when they play on TNT at 8 p.m. But the the Mavericks have a lot of work ahead of them, and it starts really quite simply with players that aren't Luka Doncic executing. Um, he ended up taking a pretty big burden upon himself and really played awful um, in the second half in particular. He had six turnovers and two points. 
Uh, some of that is his decision-making. Some of that is really good defense. A lot of that is the fact that he really was trying to do a ton of stuff by himself because nothing else was working for any of the Mavericks. Um, I have faith that the Mavericks can, can turn around this. Obviously, they've done it plenty of times. That's what Tim Cato wrote about in The Athletic, that you know, just sizing things up and figuring things out is going to be key. Um, now that they've gotten a game under their belts, but it was such a brutal beatdown that it's at the moment for me, I'm finding it a little bit hard to be optimistic. Um, there was one piece, another post game piece that I liked is from Dan Devine at the ringer. It's really warriors based. Um, that was, was really, it says the warriors have that look in their eyes again. And it's a piece breaking down just how how smart and and solid they looked because they've not looked like that in the playoffs. That's the other thing that that's got to be acknowledged. Um, I don't. I think most smart Warriors fans that don't live online and think Andrew Wiggins is God, of which there are a peculiar amount of people that think Andrew Wiggins is an unbelievable basketball player. That's neither here nor there. But many people have, have watched the previous two Warrior series, and they left they left enough on the uh, meat on the bone to, to raise some concerns. In the game against the Mavericks, they answered a lot of that stuff, and it was well beyond the Luka Doncic stuff. It was the offense. Um, it was just the way things seemed to click. I do feel that Dallas played a pretty big part in that um, whole entire thing because the, the third quarter in particular, so many Mavericks looked lost about what to do on defense. Um I think to a degree that the Mavericks need to lighten up a little bit on, I don't want to say, they respected Curry almost too much. And that allowed the Warriors to pick them apart because Curry is is a good passer um, and made a lot of the right plays, uh, particularly out of blitz situations, you know. um, Tim Cato wrote about this, but it it seemed kind of stupid to have Jalen Brunson uh, blitz Steph Curry. Brunson is shorter than Curry. He's just going to be able to pass over him. And then uh, Brunson was guarding uh, Draymond Green, and Green is one of the best decision makers out of a role situation in the in the league. He's just really, really good. So, kind of rambling at this point, but it was just one of these things that that stuck with me because the Mavericks' problems compounded upon themselves. That's really what I I tend to focus on the further I get into this. Um, and I'm going to be very curious to see what some of the counters are. Anyways, those two stories are in the show notes. I recommend reading both Josh's and Dan's. Then honestly, I didn't like anything else I came across today. I probably listened to like five different podcasts about it. And, you know, we all watch the same thing and smart analysts see a lot of the same things. So there's not a lot of point in funneling you to, to certain areas. I will say, um, Ryan Rosillo had on. Charles Barkley on his podcast and um, he had some really, I'll just read his quotes, you know, from Barkley. Luka Doncic is a special talent. He's a tough kid. He's the stuff he's doing right now at 22 is incredible. Charles actually meant 23, but you know, Charles Barkley's not exactly, um, not exactly a man who's the sharpest on facts. Uh, he went on to say, quote, he's got to learn to play off the ball a little bit more. I think one of the one reason you saw this Dallas team get to the next level is because when Luka got hurt, other guys had to be more aggressive. I mean, I think we'd all agree with that to a degree. Um, I would like to see the Mavericks do a more creative things with Luka off ball other than trading stuff with he and Brunson. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. 
Um, that link is also in the show notes. Really like that. And then, uh, you know, we don't really have to worry about this very much because we're probably not going to have a lottery pick ever again. Uh, but the Dallas Mavericks own a own their draft pick this year, and the draft lottery was on was on when yeah it was on Wednesday night. Um, and so Jordan Burdess put together a a the like the initial mock draft roundup because the Mavericks are going to be picking uh, I want to say twenty fifth yeah twenty sixth. Um, so it, it's it's going to be interesting to see like what guy could fall to them where when you're that late in the draft every it's it's kind of a wide swath of people that could fall to Dallas so for example ESPN had Jaden Hardy who's a G League Ignite guard the Athletic had Mar Marjan Bochamp who is also a G League Ignite but he's a wing player Bleacher Report has the wonderfully named Nikola Jokic Jovic it's going to be terrible um, who's who's kind of a six ten uh, forward who I, I've heard plays like you know kind of wants to play like Jason Tatum, which is pretty interesting to me. The Ringer has uh, Jalen Williams, uh, who's a Santa uh, Clara player, who's a forward, and then our own SB Nation also has Jaden Hardy as a guard coming to the Mavericks. Um, hopefully, and this is really early, we don't need to be talking about this too much. Well, I mean, I guess we do need to talk about it because the draft's coming up sooner or later. Uh, sooner rather than later, and we usually just have more time to talk about this, but the Mavericks are in the playoffs. So, you know, in the playoffs end, the draft is, is pretty soon after. Um, the Mavericks need to to pick the best player available or trade the pick for immediate help. Um, there are no more projects. The Josh Green situation has become – it's just so uncomfortable. I mean, for anybody who watched him go play garbage time against – the Warriors last night. He just doesn't know how to play basketball. I don't know, you know, it, it, and if he goes, unless he goes to summer league this this year and like really blows us away, I don't, I just don't see what what value he has to this roster. He he can't play. It's it's uncomfortable. And so the Mavericks need someone who can come in and soak up ten minutes a game and be you know not be frustrating. Um, I understand he's a young man. I understand he could be very, you know, Josh Green could be very good at some point. But, you know, if they had just selected someone with a little bit of seasoning, I think the Maverick rotation would look a little bit different right now. And we wouldn't constantly be wondering if they're playing six and a half, seven and a half guys. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm really looking forward to game two. Uh, the Mavericks have continually surprised me all season. So I would like for them to surprise me once more. Uh, more than anything else, I would like a much more competitive game. The first half was a lot of fun, though. You could see a lot of the seams of where the Mavericks were about to have problems. But, uh, you know, basketball is great. And, you know, the, the Miami Heat, um, after after uh, basically taking over in the third quarter of Game 1 against Boston, got shellacked by the Celtics in Game 2. So, it, it, you know, anything can happen in these basketball games, and they tend to. Well, guys, I somehow managed to ramble for almost 10 minutes. We'll have some more stuff up on Mavs Moneyball. Uh, please check us out and be listening for me and Ben later tonight. Um, hi, Ben and I are, are talking because Josh is at a wedding. So you guys have a nice Friday, and we will talk with you later tonight. Go Mavs. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.